Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. You want to know his will for your life? Well, then that means you have to surrender to him. And it's an absolute surrender, a complete surrender. The picture here is there's the altar. We just went through the book of Exodus and we, we've watched as Moses got the plans, the blueprint for the altar, and then they constructed the altar. The idea here is that you and I as Christians, we present our bodies, we crawl up on that altar daily. You want to know his will, you have to be a living sacrifice. If you've been in the church for any amount of time, there's a high chance you've heard it said that God has a plan for your life. It's one of the most beautiful things about Christianity, that the God who created the universe knows and has a good plan for every single one of us. We all want to know what that plan is, but it requires sacrifice. In today's message, Pastor James shares about how we must have a life that is surrendered to Jesus in order to know his plan for our lives. Now turn in your Bible to the book of Romans chapter 12, as Pastor James begins his message, Discovering God's Will. be a good idea just to address discovering God's will. It's something that we all kind of wrestle with, I think, to a certain extent, whether trying to make decisions within our lives of like, okay, is this, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Or is this what I want to do? Or the third dilemma that you add within that, or is, could this be the enemy introducing this to me because he's trying to derail me? So we, we have all this stuff, a lot of voices that will speak up within our lives. And the best thing to do is, is just to uh, stick to the Word of God. Because whether it's God's general will or a specific direction in your life, you can find good, solid answers in the Word of God. Now, He's not going to tell you in His Word, Lord, should I, is this the car I should buy? He's not, you're not going to find it in like, you know, it's somewhere in the Proverbs. I know it is. No, it's, it's not. You have to, you know, there are certain things where you, you kind of need to do your own research, evaluate it and the pros and the cons and all that good stuff. And, but, you know, we, we don't want to, Lord, should I, is it McDonald's tonight or is it Chick-fil-A, right? And you're like, well, it's Christian chicken every night, right? Like, so no, it's, we, we don't have to always present, not everything and not every decision is a dilemma, right? I think we understand that. You don't have to take every decision before the Lord, okay? Sometimes he's just like, what do you want to eat? What, what do you, do you want a burger? Just get a burger. You know, like you don't, but there are major, you know, sometimes we come up to forks in the road where it's like, okay, I don't want to move unless I know the Lord is going to be there with me. And so what I did was um, actually I just borrowed from Greg Laurie and uh, he, he kind of had this, this little five verses that, that we can go through to really to kind of help us out, to gain a good understanding of discovering God's will for our lives. And so, so that's what we're going to do. We'll, we'll jump around in five different spots within the word. You know, one in the New Testament, actually no, two in the New Testament and then three in the Old Testament. So the first one we're going to go to is Romans chapter 12. This is a good one. This is a classic one. This is essential for you and I discovering God's will within our lives. And it doesn't really necessarily start off with like what we would think logically of like, okay, understanding that he has a plan for me. That's not where it begins with the believer. 
discovering the will of God for your life actually begins with sacrifice. And so let's look at Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. New Living says this. And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you or I beseech you or I beg you, whatever your translation says there, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you, to present your bodies as a sacrifice. Um, New King James probably says, as a living sacrifice. This is where Paul starts. You and I, each and every day, present your bodies to the Lord as a living sacrifice, okay? Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world or don't be conformed to this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So, I mean, just right there, just, and this is, why, this is why we're starting with this verse, is God's will for your life is knowable. We sometimes create this weird like mystery behind it of like, uh, I don't know if he wants me to know it. I think he actually does want us to know it. Does he elaborate on each and every step along the path? No, he illuminates the ones we need to take at the right moment in time. But the whole key to this thing is, number one, you got to present yourself as a, as a living sacrifice. You have to surrender yourself to the Lord. You want to know his will for your life. Well, then that means you have to surrender to him. And it's an absolute surrender, a complete surrender. The picture here is there's the altar. We just went through the book of Exodus and we we watched as Moses got the plans, the blueprint for the altar, and then they constructed the altar. The idea here is that you and I as Christians, we present our bodies. We crawl up on that altar daily. You want to know his will, you have to be a living sacrifice. Because it doesn't work like this. God, I want to know what your will is for my life. However, I'm just going to live my life the way I want to live it. Don't expect to get an answer. Because what we understand from that is you and I living our lives how we want to live them oftentimes is in contrary to what, how he's called us to live our lives. So it starts first and foremost with we got to present our bodies as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy alive, pleasing to God, which is our reasonable service. It's absolutely reasonable to present yourself to him as a living sacrifice. The second part of that is this. You want to know his will. Well, you can't, you cannot look like the world. You can't be conformed to this world. You can't be that, that image there that the conformed is it's shaped and molded. It's like a, um, well, our modern day thing It's like a cookie cutter. You can't look like the world. You can't be conformed to this present world, but you have to be transformed by the renewing of your minds, uh, the NET says there, so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good, well-pleasing, and perfect. So steps one in understanding or discovering God's will is, number one, you got to be a living sacrifice. You got to crawl on the altar and say, okay, Lord, this day, this moment, here I am. I'm all yours. I am surrendered to you. I'm surrendered to you. And I pray through this prayer quite often because I find that I need my mind renewed constantly, right? It's just the old ways like to creep back in and all that good stuff. And when the old ways creep back in, and I've used this imagery before with you guys, it's like when you're a junior high 
kind of age student, maybe a little bit into the high school years, in your bedrooms, you would have posters of people that you loved or admired or whatever, right? Our brains work the same way. Over the course of life, we, we will uh, put up posters in our mind of things that really either just entice us or bring us comfort or whatever. Oftentimes, before Christ, those posters are, are not beneficial to us at all. So this renewing of our mind, it's like going into that bedroom and, and taking down all those old posters so that you can put up new posters. And the new posters are the scriptures that you're memorizing. And it has to be memorized because it's not just a scripture that you read. It has to be a scripture that gets implanted, not just into your mind, but into your heart. And so you got to redecorate. And that's this renewing of our minds. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. But we have to get this this renewed mindset. So we're kind of clear thinking, as Paul would say in other places, so we can know, we can discern what his will is in our lives. He's very clear on his will. We can, I mean, there's many cross references throughout the scriptures, especially within the New Testament. This is the will of God. And we'll read, we'll read a couple of those. But even if we see those scriptures, and even if we, we know those scriptures, if our mind's not being renewed, we're not going to we're not, we're not going to catch it like we, like we desire. So it really does come to like square one, step one, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is a full, absolute surrender to God. Let him renew your mind. So then you will know what his will is for you. If you're struggling with like, man, I don't know what to do. My advice to you is, well, man, start off by just saying, all right, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Search me know me. If there's any wicked way inside of me, Lord, reveal that to me so I can repent of that. Lord, tear down the old posters. I want, I want my mind filled with your word so I can hear your voice because I want to know what it is that you want me to do within the situation. But discovering God's will starts with a full surrender, a complete surrender. The next thing that, that's worthwhile noting, if, if you guys don't mind, turn over to Jeremiah the book of Jeremiah, it's in the Old Testament. I think we know that. Jeremiah chapter 29. So if square one is basically a, full, a complete surrender to Jesus because we want to know what his will is for our lives. If you are surrendered to him, you should want to do what it is that he has called you to do. If he is king of kings and Lord of lords, then you really have no option because obedience is not really optional when we're talking about Kings, okay? So Jeremiah 29, 11, you guys, all, we all know this verse. This is the classic, one of the classic Christian verses. This thing is plastered all over different items in Mardell's, I'm sure. The next thing that we need to know is he does have a plan for you. He does have a plan for you. So he has a plan for you. He wants you to know what that plan is. He's made it accessible for you and I to know what his will is. So that's why this next verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Now, I understand context, why, contextually, he's speaking to the nation of Israel and their you know, current situation of how they have drifted away from God. This can and does apply to us today, okay? But he says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Christians are a people of hope. That's part of his will for us. But let me just read on verse 12 here. It says, in those days when you pray, I will listen. 
If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and bring you home again to your own land. So this is him speaking to the exiles, but also speaking to you and I as his sons and daughters. You can know his will for your life. And the, the beautiful thing about this is, Jeremiah 29, 11, he does have a plan for you. So it's not like God was surprised by you getting saved and he didn't plan ahead and have something laid out for you. And you just kind of surprised him and caught him off guard. You don't catch God off guard at all. He's always known you were going to get saved. And when you got saved, he's also always known the day you were going to be born. And just so we all understand this as well, he also knows the day you're going to die. You will not die one day sooner than the day he has planned for you to leave this planet. Regardless of what's going on within our world, please find comfort in that, that the Lord knows, and he already has it mapped out, when you'll show up on this earth and when you will depart this earth. Nothing happens beyond his control. And the sovereign God is also has like a plan specifically for you and I while we're here. And that, that's a, that should be a comfort for us. So we need to trust that he does have a plan for you. He does want you to know what that plan is. He's not like, you know, trying to keep it from you, which is great. Like, it's not like he's, you know, like this cosmic bully who like doesn't want you to know what he has for you. He wants us to know what that plan is. Here's a couple of things that I've learned in following the Lord in trying to discover, God, is this, is this your will or is this something I want to do? You guys have probably experienced this to a certain effect, to a certain effect as well. When you're faced with a certain situation, a, a choice that has to be made, maybe it's a major move, maybe it's a career move or something like that, and, you're just, and you really are consulting the Lord and, and you want to do what's right. Within the Christian circles, there's this thing where you're praying about it and you bring other people in from the outside to pray with you. And oftentimes a question will come up like, well, do you have peace about this? Do you have peace about this? And that's actually a fair question for believers to ask one another because God is not a God of confusion. He's not a God of chaos. And he is a God of peace. And so I believe that one way that he has you know, kind of given us in order to determine is it this or is it that? Is it by a peace that surpasses all understanding? Is it a peace that he gives you? So you may be faced with A or B, and B I just don't feel really good about, but A, man, I just have this peace. I'm going to say probably that's the Holy Spirit saying option A is the way to go, okay? So it's, I love that about the Lord too. He gives us this kind of like a decision indicator, so to speak, of like, if you feel like no peace in this situation, more than likely, that might be the Lord just saying, that's not what I have for you. And you feel peace about this one. Well, that could be what the Lord has laid out for you to just to pursue that peace, to, to go with that. The other thing is this, pay attention to the circumstances. Pay attention to those circumstances around you because you might be praying about like this or that and things are happening and, and circumstances or doors are closing. That's always a good indicator that the Lord is saying, no. I don't want you to go here. Case in point, the Apostle Paul and his missionary journey wanting to get to Asia. And what's amazing is you read through the book of Acts and you follow Paul and whether it's Paul and Barnabas or Paul and Timothy and Titus on the different missionary journeys, discerning God's will was something that they were, that they were doing as well on a daily basis. They, Paul wanted to get into Asia 
And he, he approached it, the border, so to speak. And the Lord said, the Holy Spirit said, no. So Paul went down a little bit further because he still wanted to get there. And the Lord said, no. But the Lord, the whole time the Lord is saying, is closing a door, closing a door. He, Paul is consistently showing up and knocking because that's what you got to do. As, as he's doing that, Paul's not giving up, but the Lord is using those circumstances to get Paul exactly where he wanted him to be. And that would ultimately lead to him going to Philippi, you know, and the Lord had an open door there, but it took a few closed doors to get Paul to the open door. So you got to pay attention to those circumstances around you. If you want this to happen, man, I, Lord, I don't know if this is your will or not. I would like to see this happen. And you approach it and there's just, the door is closed. Well, that might be the Lord using a circumstance to get you to move on, to knock on another door and to knock on another door. Because Asia might not be part of its plan today. We know for the Apostle Paul, where he wanted to go, I, we believe that he actually ended up getting to go to these spots, but it was in the Lord's timing. The Lord had a plan for the Apostle Paul and those missionary journeys. And he was going to use circumstances and situations to help guide and direct the Apostle Paul to get him to where he wanted him to go. He does the same thing for you and I today. So, Seek out that peace. Let that be one of those, you know, deciding factors for you. Bring other people into the equation to be praying for you as well. But then also just pay attention to common circumstances within your life. Man, every time I try to do this, something goes wrong. Well, that might be the indication that that's not where you need to be. Maybe the Lord has you over here. Maybe he'll get you there someday, but that's not today. The young man that I got to talk to in Amarillo, he used to live in California, came out of like the uh, film and acting career and all this good stuff. And I guess there's a movie studio or something opening up in Amarillo. And he's like, still part of what I like to do. And I, you know, I want to pursue that, but I don't know if that's what the Lord has for me. And so we were able just to kind of walk through this thing of like, well, it's, I mean, that's studio and it's a Christian-based movie studio, I guess, that's opening up. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's probably no coincidence that that is opening up where you now live right down the road, so to speak. And it's probably no coincidence that the Lord has like given you these gifts and talents and ability to function successfully within that realm. However, it just may not be what he has right now. doesn't mean it's off the table, but right now you focus on the Lord and you serve where the Lord has you right now. Because he may open up that door down the road, and he, it seems like that's what he was going to be doing. And then if that's what God has called this young man to do, then I encourage him, man, pursue it with everything you have, all for the glory of God. However, right now, be present where you're at. Be present where you're at. So you can have that confidence of knowing, like, I think that's what the Lord has for me, but I don't want to miss out what he has for me today trying to get to tomorrow, right? So he has a plan for you. He wants you to know what that plan is. He provides peace. He provides discernment. He provides circumstances that help to guide you know, us along this journey. Let's not forget the fact that we are sheep. And I don't know if you know this about sheep, but I, I know that sheep get a bad rap. I understand that. Sheep are actually somewhat intelligent creatures. They're not as dumb as people make them out to be. They're also not the brightest creatures in the animal kingdom either, okay? So they need a lot of help. They need a lot of help in being 
getting from pasture A to pasture B, right? Sheep are stubborn little, little creatures, and they don't always think through cause and effect. It doesn't seem like anyways, right? If you read the gospel accounts, it seems as though shepherds are constantly having to pursue one sheep that goes away from the rest of the sheep, and he finds himself in dangerous, perilous kind of situations. And it seems as though, if you pay attention to that story, if you know anything about shepherding, sometimes certain sheep constantly do that. And then the shepherd has to lovingly break little sheep's leg and then mend it back together because he's a good shepherd and then carry said sheep on his shoulders until that leg heals. And hopefully that sheep understands, stop running away. (laughs) You know, like stay with the pack. But you have to lead sheep. You don't drive sheep. You lead sheep to greener pastures. And that's the same thing the Lord has to do with us. He's not trying to drive us anywhere. He wants to lead us to still waters through valleys of the shadow of death, but also to greener pastures. So he's always willing to lead us. We're just not always willing to stop and listen for the shepherd's voice or even just even obey, honestly. So he's got a plan. We can know that plan. He's provided us many things to to help discern that. Turn over to 1 Thessalonians 4. Little uh, Bible drill action here. You're gonna get your Bible page turning muscles going, okay? This is a specific thing concerning God's will. This is one of the few specific ones that he does throw out there, like, this is the will of God. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, but it says this, finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you, or again, we beseech you, in the name of the Lord Jesus, to live in a way that pleases God. Live your life in a way that pleases God, okay? That you must live and please God as you are, in fact, living. And you do so more and more. So this is Paul giving him props, but he's like, live in a way that pleases him as we've taught you. You live this way already, and we encourage you to do so even more. Verse two, for you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. Verse three, God's will is for you to be holy. There you go. God, what's your will for my life? Well, you could start there. God's will for your life is to be holy, to be set apart, to be distinct, to live a life that is pleasing to him. Be holy, for I am holy, is what God says. I mean, it's clear. So this is one of a handful of references where it's very, very distinct. This is God's will for your life. And you're like, well, that doesn't solve my problem concerning my career. Well, maybe it does. But we're laying the foundation for some of these things. There's the full surrender, and there's the fact that the, the knowing that he does have a plan for me, but then also to understand that he's very clear on certain aspects of our lives where he says, this is what God's will is for you, to be holy. And I, I hope we would understand this, and really I wish kind of this maybe was taught more in churches today. God's will, which is non-negotiable, in the Christian life. It is not optional. God's will for Christians, Christ followers, men and women, children, whoever you are that follow Jesus and say, I am a Christ follower. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. His will for our lives is to be holy, period, is to be holy. Red for 
You've been listening to the radio ministry Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're based out of Galveston, Texas, with the support of Calvary Galveston and listeners like you. We trust that what you heard in today's message stirred something inside of you to a point of action. These teachings are meant to help you find hope and new life in Jesus, and that's our heart's desire for you today. If you're in the Galveston area, would you come be a part of what's happening at Calvary Galveston? Our atmosphere is simple, laid back, and uncomplicated. We just want to magnify Jesus at all ages. To learn more about our ministry, we invite you to visit breadforthebroken.com. We also do a live stream on Facebook, so check it out, even if you are a little further away. If you're interested in hearing more messages like this one, you can do that by going to the Listen tab at breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, why not discover a little more about the church and this ministry, as well as look for opportunities to partner with us here. There's a Give tab that's easily accessible on our website too, if you feel led to support us in a financial way. We'd also love it if you would join us in praying for this ministry. Pastor James is excited to share new things with you in the coming study. There's always more that we can gain from diving deep into God's Word. Until next time, we encourage you to stay connected to God and His Word, and to then come back for more solid teachings right here. We'll be waiting for you, here on Bread for the Broken.